draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. I think they said yeah. Yeah. Introducing your hosts, let's give it up for the prescription fill-in, smart slaying, cowboy boot-wearing, son of a gun, make some noise for Doc Haas. Because the great don't need to be goaded into greatness. They seek it out, they crave it. They dare the entire locker room to come after them, just like I'm going to seek you out. Up in the sky, it's a bird, it's a plane. Nope, it's just our third man. Johnny Smarks, Smarks. Who said you would have to speak while there's a microphone in my head? And here is your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. Let's make one thing clear. I don't watch this business. This business watches me. Sit back and enjoy your dose of kayfabe consumption as you listen to the fourth wall WrestleCast. Oops, I'm breaking the fourth breaking wall. The fourth wall. Welcome to the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Welcome to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. And that's right, ladies and gentlemen, I'm back. Sorry for my absence the past few weeks, but sometimes a little bit of R&R, a little bit of time to reflect. So I was away out in the beautiful, beautiful continent of Europe, visiting a few different countries with me and my friends. My friends in the movement, shout out to Maddie Dukes, Mikey P, Dave, Robbie, and my brother Ray. We had an absolute great time visiting London, Rome, Naples, and Barcelona, Spain. So in my absence, I do want to big, uh, send a big thank you to Smarky and Doc for holding down the fort and putting out episode 53 last week. It was a very fun episode, even though you guys did shit on me a little bit in the episode, but it's cool, because, you know, karma's a bitch, and uh, I'll get you back. You'll see. But with that being said, ladies and gentlemen, I am your host with the most, the baby face of podcasting, J.C. Bones. Please be sure to follow us, Fourth Wall WrestleCast, on all social media. That's Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, at Fourth Wall Cast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. Now, on today's show, I want to get into a lot of the news that's been happening in the world of wrestling lately over the past couple weeks. So, first, let's talk about the very early announcements of the WWE Hall of Fame inductees. So, we have the NWO, which I think is rightfully deserved. They are definitely one of the biggest factions that have helped to change the entire landscape of wrestling. They were probably the faction, along with Degeneration X and other uh, single stars, Stone Cold Steve Austin and The Rock, who helped shape the Monday Night Wars, which a lot of us who were around during that era really love and hold deeply and close to our hearts. 
you know, we loved wrestling because of what the Monday Night Wars did, and that was a big part to NWO. Now, I think it's interesting that the there are four members being inducted. We have Hollywood Hogan, Kevin Nash, Scott Hall, and X-Pac, who was originally known as Six, or Six Pack, I believe, when he was in NWO. While, yes, he was an original member, why isn't Eric Bischoff included in this inductee, or why isn't it just Hogan, Hall, and Nash? X-Pac was there for such a short time that I don't think he had much of an impact in the NWO when the NWO first started. So I do find that kind of interesting, but then again, if you look at it, look at the politics of it, Hall, Nash, and X-Pac are also part of the clique, who was one of the names that helps to run WWE, Triple H, another member of the clique. So keep your friends close, and uh, you call out, just like Triple H says, you call, you call your friends. So I think this is one of the reasons why X-Pac is now going to be a two-time WWE Hall of Famer. Now, the other inductee is Dave Batista. Now, we all knew this earlier this year, back at WrestleMania, after Batista uh, went out on his back with Triple H going over, and he already announced his retirement after WrestleMania. So this this was known. This is no surprise. I do think it's well-deserved. Batista is a former four-time world champion, uh, I believe three-time tag team champion, two of those times being with Ric Flair, one with being with Rey Mysterio. Uh, Batista has become a big name in the Hollywood box office as well. Now, with Batista, I think it would be interesting if the cast from the Guardians of the Galaxy inducted him into the Hall of Fame. Now, check out this booking. And then we have Guardians of the Galaxy and the NWO come face-to-face at the Hall of Fame. And that right there could be a, an eight-man tag match at WrestleMania. I know that is so far-fetched and so completely out there, but that's what we do in the world of wrestling. We have to tie the mainstream in to professional wrestling. So what a good way to do it than bring the Guardians of the Galaxy. Could you imagine Groot or Rocky Raccoon being at the fucking WWE Hall of Fame? That would be some shit. Now, while I do think the NWO would completely kick the shit out of the Guardians of the Galaxy, I think that definitely would be an interesting angle to to see. Make the Hall of Fame a little more interesting and not so boring. Now, what else is happening in the world of wrestling? Let's stick with the WWE. And let's talk about this Rusev, Lana, and Bobby Lashley love triangle clusterfuck. Now, this storyline has been, I'm going to say hit or miss since its inception. But the thing is, this is true episodic television. Every week, something new happens in the storyline. Every week, the storyline evolves. Now, I think the only thing the storyline is lacking right now is promo skills. Rusev is very funny on the mic, but I feel like he he's stuck reading scripts that are given to him from creative, and they're just, it's very vanilla. I wish Rusev could just kind of get out of the box and speak what's on his mind to really show a little more passion behind what he's saying. Like, everyone complained about Seth Rollins, right? Seth Rollins and his babyface promos, and there was no emotion behind it. I feel like there's not enough emotion behind Rusev's promos right now either. 
You know, like I want to see him get very angry at Bobby Lashley for stealing his wife. Now, I think this divorce segment that happened this past week was friggin' hysterical, and it was well done. Rusev was Rusev's comedy was perfect uh, for this for this segment this past week. I apologize, ladies and gentlemen, if you hear any crying in the background. That's my little Frenchie, Logan. He's starving for attention right now. You happy, Logan? You made it to episode 54. Congratulations. Now he's staring at me with the puppy dog eyes. Anyway, back to Rusev, Lana, and Lashley. Um, I definitely think Lana is doing a great job for what she is given as well. While her promo skills are not top-notch, for what this storyline is calling for, she's definitely knocking it out of the park. So, as much as I hated, I hated this storyline at first, I love where it's going, and I also love the fact that out of everything that's happening on Monday Night Raw right now, the highest viewed segment from Raw on YouTube is the Rusev, Lana, and Lashley segment week after week. They are getting the most views because people want to see what is happening. Ladies and gentlemen, excuse me while I pet my dog, Logan. Let's give him some attention. You okay, bud? What's the matter? You want some attention? You want to say hello to the people? Say hello to the fan? Good boy. Anyway, this is finally culminating with a match between Lashley and Rusev. It's going to be held at TLC this coming Sunday in a tables match. Uh, I definitely think between the two superstars is going to be a very good match. I really hope it's hard hitting. I hope they really break the boundaries and they don't... I, I, I want to see them take this match all over the arena. You know, I want to see them go up to the ramp, go to the commentating table, go into the crowd. I want to see them really utilize the tables as well. And there's my other dog, Peanut, ladies and gentlemen. My dogs both want to be part of this epic episode right now that I'm holding down by myself. I thought I had no co-hosts today, but I guess I do. Anyway, definitely looking forward to see how this all culminates at TLC and looking forward to see Rusev come out victorious and kick Bobby Lashley's ass. Now, also, sticking with WWE, let's talk about the recent releases that we heard about over the past week. Uh, over this past week, The Ascension, Sin Cara, and Luke Harper were all granted their release and future endeavored from the WWE. Now, Luke Harper and Sin Cara is no surprise. We also know recently Sin Cara did request his release. Uh, but I think at first WWE denied it, but now he um, he was granted it. I don't know where he's going to go after this. I think because he's had such a long a long tenure in WWE, he might be done with his wrestling career. Uh, not too sure if AEW, Impact, Ring of Honor are going to really be the <coughs> excuse me really going to be the the best places for him. But I definitely want to wish Sin Cara the best, or a.k.a. Hunico. Thank you for all the years of your performances and what you've done with WWE. He was a big part in the Make-A-Wish Foundation. He did a lot of the fundraisers as well for WWE. So I think, you know, if there's any kind of loss with Sin Cara, it's the fact that he was the face of the company 
throughout all of their charity work, the Make-A-Wish Foundation, things like that. He did a lot of traveling for the company and took part a lot in in these fundraisers. So we wish Sankara the best. Don't know where he's going to go next in his career. But uh, thank you, Sankara, for all your years of entertaining. Next, we have The Ascension. The Ascension kind of came out of nowhere. I actually forgot The Ascension were still under contract because we haven't seen them do anything since the Fashion Files segments with Brizongo, which were definitely some of the funniest segments um, on, I believe it was SmackDown they were on at the time. But um, Ascension definitely has the opportunity to still go places. Ring of Honor, Impact, AEW, they are a great tag team. It's a real shame considering they were the tag team that helped put the tag division in NXT on the map. You know, it's a shame that when they came to the main roster, they did absolutely nothing with them. They really pushed this whole knockoff Road Warriors Legion of Doom gimmick, and it really went nowhere with them. I mean, they did get squashed by Scott Hall and Kevin Nash, a very old Scott Hall and Kevin Nash. But the Ascension, I think, we'll see back in the ring somewhere soon whether it be AEW, Ring of Honor, or Impact. I think AEW would be a good, a good place for them, considering the tag division is such a prominent part of AEW TV. And Ascension, they're a good tag team. You know, uh, aside from their character work that they were stuck with in WWE, they are a very, very good tag team. That's why they made a name for themselves in NXT as the longest reigning NXT tag team champions, at the time at least. And next we have Luke Harper. Now, Luke Harper, we've known this for at least a year or so, that he was looking to get out of WWE. And I think he's very happy now that he's finally out. I think we're going to see Luke Harper end up in Ring of Honor and join Marty Skrull, PCO, and Brody King, oh, and Flip Gordon, as part of the Villain Enterprises. I say that because after he was granted his release, Marty Skrull was posting these tweets with pictures of himself and the rest of the Villain Enterprises with a shadow of Luke Harper in the background. And he says, Villain Enterprises with a question mark. Now, I think if you bring Luke Harper back as Brody Lee, which is what he, his uh, indie name was originally when he was back in Ring of Honor years ago, I think uh, that's going to open up a lot of doors for him to go back and be the, the wrestler that he, that he was when Triple H first saw Brody Lee and they said, all right, cool, we want you over in WWE. He was confined to the Luke Harper gimmick. He was confined to the Wyatt family gimmick. He did have a short singles run. He was Intercontinental Champion, don't forget. He did hold a singles title. You know, he did hold tag team, uh, the tag team titles along with Eric Rowan, which I'm surprised Rowan is even still around. If anyone was going to stick around, it should have been Harper, but I digress. I, I think we're going to end up seeing Luke Harper possibly back in Ring of Honor because that's where he was most known, and that's where he had probably the best stint of his career. Moving on from the releases, we also have a couple suspensions that have occurred over this past week as well. Good old Uncle Bobby Robert Rude and Primo Cologne. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Primo Cologne of the Colognes, who is still under contract, were both suspended for uh, failing or violation of the wellness policy. Now, what that means, we don't know. Of course, everyone always assumes they were probably smoking the ganja and they got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. Because I got high. They're probably hanging out with Matt Riddle and RVD. Uh, or it could have been something else, but they are both suspended. I don't know how long uh, Cologne's suspension is for, but I know Bobby Roode's is only going to be suspended for 30 days. So I would expect to see him return at the Royal Rumble next month. 
it's kind of a shame because I was looking forward to see where the whole Bobby Roode, Dolph Ziggler, King Corbin faction gimmick was going to go. I actually kind of somehow somewhat liked that little that grouping. So best of luck to them. Enjoy your suspension. You get to enjoy your holidays now with your family and not be on the road. So enjoy it while it lasts. Uh, the last thing I want to touch on in WWE is the recent Seth Rollins heel turn and the storyline going on with Kevin Owens and AOP. Now, this is what we've always wanted. We all wanted a Seth Rollins heel turn because he is better as a heel, okay? His whole run as a babyface, and I should say as champion, as universal champion and babyface, did not work. It was a failed experiment. Um, it was almost to a point where it was almost Roman Reigns-like, where they were really pushing him to be the face of the company, or the, at least the face of Monday Night Raw. And it just didn't work. A lot of that, I think, had to do with creative, but I think the majority of it had to do with the person. Seth Rollins was not taking what was given to him and really making it his own and putting the emotion behind his words so that the, the fans can get behind him. We all got behind him when he defeated Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania because nobody wanted Brock to be champion anymore. It wasn't because we wanted Seth to be champion. It's because we didn't want Brock to hold the title anymore. And then once Seth got it, th th there was no substance behind the Seth Rollins storyline. So I think this is definitely the best route for him to go right now. Now, on the flip side of that, who are they trying to make the face of Monday Night Raw? I mean, you still have Brock Lesnar, who was the WWE champion, but has not been seen now since Survivor Series. Shocking, right? But I think with the way they're pushing Rollins and Kevin Owens right now, I think I could see Kevin Owens as the face of Monday Night Raw. You know, Monday Night Owens or... What the hell did he call it? He used to have those t-shirts. I forget what he called it. But regardless, I could see Kevin Owens as being the new face of Monday Night Raw. And I could see them, the two of these guys, both getting into a feud with Brock Lesnar. Maybe in a triple threat match of some sorts. And Kevin Owens coming out victorious. Kevin Owens coming out as WWE champion. Because Kevin Owens has not had a title in a while. And I think it's about time that Kevin Owens has some gold around his waist. Now, I definitely like the inclusion of AOP in this storyline as well. I love AOP as a tag team. I love what they're doing with them right now. And I also like the pairing of them with Seth Rollins. Now, the unveiling of Seth Rollins, I think, this past week on Raw was a little too rushed. I would have liked to have seen it develop more where it got us, the fans, wondering, could it be Seth Rollins? Seth keeps saying it's not him, but could it be somebody else? I feel like the unveiling, I actually thought that it could have been Paul Ellering that was sitting in the van, you know, wearing the hoodie. That would have been, that would have been awesome. But you still could have had Seth Rollins at the end of this behind all of these attacks on Kevin Owens. But it would have been nice, I think, if they would have just let this kind of simmer for a bit, let it marinate for a little bit and have us really think. Because I don't see the Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins feud coming, uh, culminating at TLC. I think we still have some more time before we see that come come into play. And ladies and gentlemen, Logan is back. What's up, buddy? He's such a good boy. But he's also a whiny baby. Like most puppies. So anyway, um, I again, I love the Kevin Owens-Seth Rollins feud. I, I love the way that Kev, Kevin Owens is going to come out uh, looking like the, one of the top faces in this feud. Now, with that being said... 
Kevin Owens took a vicious curb stomp on the concrete in the parking lot on Raw. We don't need to see Kevin Owens again until after TLC. You know, he needs to really sell this potential injury, shattered jaw, busted nose, something. I don't want to see Kevin Owens again now until after TLC. We don't need to see him or hear about him on SmackDown or have him show up somewhere at TLC. You know, really, really sell the injury, sell the curb stomp, and then have him come back and go after AOP and Rollins. Now, here's another question. Does Kevin Owens even the odds and get a tag team to be on his side? Does Kevin Owens maybe get the Viking Raiders to help him out? I'd like to see this culminate first in a six-man tag match. It could be on a Raw. I'm okay with that. Maybe have a six-man tag. Kevin Owens and a tag team versus AOP and Rollins before Kevin Owens and Rollins finally go face-to-face one-on-one. So... Interesting storyline. I think this is going to end up with Kevin Owens being the face of Monday Night Raw. So I'd like to see where this is gonna where this is gonna end up. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm gonna take a quick break. I'm going to go make sure my dogs keep it down for this next segment. When we come back, I want to talk about some NXT and some uh, recent AEW news. So don't go anywhere, fam. I will be right back. Hey guys, this is the man who loves to make a difference, Nate the Effin Great. You can always interact with me on Twitter at Real Effin Game. And be sure to listen into my podcast, The Game Changer Podcast, where we talk about pop culture, professional wrestling, play games, among so many other great things. Guys, remember that you can make a difference. This is Nate the Effin Great from The Game Changer Podcast, exclusively on Wrestle Attic Radio. Hey, it's me. Johnny Smarks, and you're listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast on Wrestle Attic Radio. But it's not a surprise because we've got a long history together, you and me, right? I mean, I remember a decade ago when you first came on the nationwide stage, you came to me and asked for some advice. A little leather jacket, Kurt Cobain, little bowl cut. You came and asked me for some help, and I gave you that help. You asked me how to get over, how to become a star, and you did. And then we became adversaries. And we beat the living shit out of each other. Yeah. You threw me into tax. You destroyed my property. I hit you with a 50-pound piece of crockery, sent you to the hospital. But I taught you how to become a main event superstar. I taught you how to become a champion. Everyone can agree. And then years later, when you needed to ignite your passion for your life and for this business, you called me. And I navigated you out of those waters. I navigated you through the rocks. I navigated you right here to AEW. paid me by laying me out at double or nothing when you made your debut, but that's okay. That's okay. That's okay. It showed me you still had that chip on your shoulder. It showed me that you were still an asshole. It showed me that you're still a winner. 
But you've only just begun to realize your importance here in AEW, Mox. You're only just now harnessing the power that you have within you. And once again, you need me. And I'll tell you the reason why. Can you imagine? Shut up. Can you imagine what it would be like if Hager, Santana, Ortiz, Guevara, Jericho, and Moxley joined forces? Oh, that's scary. Who could stand against them? So I'm going to stop that promo right there. That has been the big news from this past week uh, in AEW. Will John Moxley join the Inner Circle? I love what they're doing with the Inner Circle. I love that Jericho is leading this group right now. I could see the Inner Circle becoming AEW's version of the Bullet Club, WCW's version of the NWO, or WWE's version of Degeneration X. These guys are going to be the biggest, most dominant faction, and I think what's going to happen is they're going to keep on growing this faction. It's interesting because... AEW still is running up with a small roster, but with the likes of John Moxley, even MJF possibly joining the faction, this could be definitely one unstoppable force. And I think as AEW starts to introduce more and more titles, mid-card titles, and things like that, Inner Circle can do like what Undisputed Era is doing, and they can just run AEW for a little while, and that would be some, a very interesting storyline right there. It'll give everyone a chance to be in a storyline, put everyone at the forefront of the of AEW Dynamite, of AEW uh, Dark even, and even all of the AEW pay-per-views that are coming up in the future. Now, I want to pose this question out to you, out to the fourth wall fam. Do you guys think Moxley needs to be in a faction? Or do you think he's fine on his own? I think with the way, personally, I think with the way Moxley has been has been in AEW, he doesn't need to be with anybody. Dean Ambrose had to be in the Shield. <coughs> Excuse me. Dean Ambrose, I feel like, needed Seth Rollins, needed Roman Reigns. While he had a fantastic singles run, he was the WWE champion, I know that, and he did great as champion, but I feel like Dean Ambrose makes more sense being in a faction. Moxley, he's like he should be like the lone wolf of AEW. He doesn't need to be in a faction, but if he decided to join a faction, then why not join the inner circle? I think that's the probably the best that would be the best move for him right now, but then have him turn on the on the faction and go after Jericho and maybe Moxley's the one who defeats Jericho for the AEW Heavyweight Championship. Now with that being said, I did mention MJF. The last person to face Jericho for the AEW Championship was Cody Rhodes. And unfortunately because of Cody Rhodes' ex-former best friend, MJF, MJF threw in the towel. So Cody Rhodes never won the title. Now, Cody Rhodes also was never pinned or submitted, so Cody Rhodes still has a chance to be back in the title picture, but in the meantime, Cody Rhodes and MJF have some unfinished business to take care of. Cody Rhodes, I'll be the first guy to admit it. You are without a shadow of a doubt. 
doubt, one of the greatest wrestlers of this generation. And with a microphone in your hand, bud, you are absolutely untouchable. Well, with the exception of one guy. And of all the people that open your mouth about, you decided to talk about that one guy. Well, to quote a legend, bud, you do not throw rocks at a man with a machine gun. And when my mouth opens, these bullets don't miss. Very well said by MJF. I think the war of words between MJF and Cody is going to be the most entertaining aspect of this feud between the two. This is all going to culminate in a match uh, scheduled for a later date, and there will be stipulations added to the match, which we are not going to know about until they return to Jacksonville on January 1st. So this is definitely one of the most entertaining blood feuds going on right now in AEW between MJF and Cody Rhodes. On to the... Ne oh, one more thing about AEW. They also announced that the AEW Revolution pay-per-view will be taking place February 29th in Chicago. All right, there are obviously no matches issued yet for the card, but I will be looking forward to yet another fantastic AEW pay-per-view. Now let's change gears and head on over to NXT. I need to talk about specifically two superstars that have really had the spotlight on them over the past few weeks, that have done fantastic storytelling, fantastic in-ring work, and have really put their names on the map, and also have done wonders for a specific title. The WWE Cruiserweight Championship has been a forgotten title for quite some time, ever since the inception of 205 Live, because honestly, there aren't enough viewers who watch 205 Live. Now that they made the Cruiserweight Championship the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, and they showcase the Cruiserweights on NXT, we have more eyes involved, we have a crowd that's more invested, and that has helped to put over superstars like Leo Rush and Angel Garza. Now, these two have had fantastic, fantastic matches. Their match this past week for the Cruiserweight title was a barn burner. Yes, that's I took that right out of Jim Ross's playbook. But it was a fucking barn burner. These two had some innovative offense that you don't you've never seen before. There was this one move where they both did this bottom rope slingshot. First, it was Leo Rush. He landed back on his feet. Garza hits a slingshot off the bottom rope and catches Rush in a stunner. It's innovative. You don't see this shit all the time. So if you want to watch some entertaining in-ring wrestling, I suggest you go to the WWE Network and watch Leo Rush versus Angel Garza every time that they have faced each other. Now, Garza is so over right now with the NXT crowd, but honestly, so is Leo Rush. It was hard to say who was the babyface, who was the heel. It seemed like Garza was trying to be trying to be portrayed more as the heel with Rush as the face, but they're both so over. The crowd's going to cheer who they want to cheer for. Now, Garza came out victorious. Garza is now the new NXT Cruiserweight Champion, so big kudos to Angel Garza. I see big things in his future. Now, also, congratulations to Angel Garza, not just for winning the title, but also for proposing to his girlfriend during the commercial break after he won the title. I think it was very sweet, 
very romantic, very cute. So it was definitely a big day for Angel Garza. So once again, congratulations on winning the title and congratulations on your proposal to your beautiful, beautiful girlfriend. Now, one last topic I want to touch on before we talk about a few of the upcoming wrestling cards. I want to talk about the return of Alberto Del Rio. Alberto Del Rio has made some headlines recently as he made his MMA debut against Tito Ortiz. Now, unfortunately, Alberto Del Rio did not have a very good showing and tapped out to Ortiz in three minutes and 10 seconds. I don't know if this is now going to be the start of Alberto Del Rio's MMA, potential MMA career, or if this was just a pit stop before he potentially makes his way back into the wrestling ring. Because I know there was talks, I would say earlier this year, I think prior to WrestleMania, where him and Triple H and um, Vince McMahon were having discussions about him potentially returning. I don't see Del Rio returning to WWE, nor do I want to see Del Rio return to WWE. But it looks like he's going the uh, CM Punk route, hopping into the octagon and getting his ass kicked which does absolutely nothing for him or his brand. But Del Rio did make his way back into headlines recently in losing fashion. So, fam, we're going to take another quick break. I'm going to go say hello to Matt Riddle and RVD. And when we return, I'm going to give a quick preview of NWA's first ever pay-per-view in a very long time, Into the Fire. We're also going to give a quick preview of the Wrestle Kingdom 14 card that has been announced uh, recently, and also a quick TLC preview. So, fam, please don't go anywhere. I will be right back. What up, fam? It's your boy, J.C. Bones, the baby face of podcasting and the host of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Be sure to check us out every Saturday exclusively on Wrestle Addict Radio. Hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and come see what the buzz is about and see why we are the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. <coughs> What's going on, everybody? This is King Ricky Rose of the Kings of the Rings podcast and your co-general manager here on WrestleAddict Radio. And you are listening to the Fourth Wall WrestleCast exclusively on WrestleAddict Radio. And we are back. Well, I should say I am back since I'm going solo tonight because Doc and Smarky are just too busy to hang out with me and obviously didn't miss me enough to want to do a show with me, but whatever, screw them. This is going to reflect on what kind of Christmas gifts those two get, those two clowns. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, no, I'm just kidding, guys. I, lo I love you guys. All right, so we're going to talk about, real quick, the Wrestle Kingdom 14 card that has been announced. So let's talk about uh, night one. Night one, we have Jushin Thunder Liger, which will be his second to last match before he officially retires from the world of wrestling. So Jushin Thunder Liger will be teaming up with Tatsumi Fujinami, The Great Suzuki, and Tiger Mask in an eight-man tag match, taking on Naoki Sono, Shanjiro Otani, 
Tatsuhiro Takawi and Ryusuke Taguchi with special guest referee Norio Honaga. Next match, we have another eight-man tag match because we know New Japan loves eight-man tag matches. We're going to have Los Ignorables de Japan. We're going to have Evil, Sonata, Shingo Takagi, and Bushi taking on Suzuki Gun, Minoru Suzuki, Tai Chi, Zack Sabre Jr., and El Desperado. Then we have another eight-man tag team match. We're going to have Chaos, consisting of Haruki Goto, Tomohiro Ishii, Toru Yano, and Yoshihashi, taking on members of the Bullet Club. We're going to have Bad Luck Fale, Chase Owens, Kenta, and Yujiro Takahashi. Next, we're going to have the IWGP Tag Team Championships on the line with the current champions, the Gorillas of Destiny, Tonga Loa and Tonga Tama, taking on Finn Juice, Finn Juice, which is Juice Robinson and David Finley. Very interesting, interesting name. I actually never heard them call themselves Finn Juice. So we'll see how long that name, <laughs> if that name sticks. Next, we have the return of John Moxley to New Japan as he takes on the current IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion Lance Archer as they face each other in a Texas death match. Next, we have Will Ospreay, who was the current IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, taking on Hiromu Takahashi. Next, we have a singles match for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship with the current title holder, Switchblade Jay White taking on Tetsui Naito. And last but not least, we have the IWGP heavyweight champion Kazuchika Okada defending the title against Kota Abushi. Now, these last two matches are probably going to steal the night Jay White versus Naito and Okada versus Abushi. I'm really looking forward to seeing Okada versus Abushi. I can see this going for like an hour of just nonstop. Non-stop technical, technical wrestling between these two. It's going to be uh, fantastic. The one thing I have to give to New Japan is that they always put on amazing Wrestle Kingdom cards. Now, it looks great on paper, but it's going to look even better when we, when we all watch it live. So, let's move on to night two. Night two uh, will be the final match uh, of Jushin Thunder Liger before he retires. as He teams up with Naoki Sano as they take on Ryu Lee and Hiromu Takahashi. Next, we have another tag team championship match. This is for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Champions. We're going to have the Bullet Club members, Taiji Ishimori and El Fantasmo, taking on Rapongi 3K, Sho, and Yo. Then we're going to have Zack Sabre Jr., the current British Heavyweight Champion, defending against Sonata. The winner of Lance Archer and John Moxley will take on Juice Robinson to defend their uh, IWGP United States Heavyweight Champion on night two of Wrestle Kingdom. Then we're going to have a singles match for the Never Openweight Championship, which is the current champion, Kenta, taking on Haruki Goto. And then the loser of Kazuchika Okada and Kota Ibushi will take on the loser of Switchblade Jay White and Tetsui Naito in a singles match. Then we're going to have the return of Chris Jericho to New Japan as he takes on Hiroshi Tanahashi on night two of Wrestle Kingdom. And then the final match on the second night 
will be the whoever the current IWGP heavyweight champion is going into night two will take on the current IWGP intercontinental champion, whoever that may be, going into night two. So we have some open-ended matches here, so it'll be interesting to see how night one ends up and how that's going to mold the card for night two. So this is going to be Wrestle Kingdom 14 coming to you guys live on January 4th from the Tokyo Dome. Next, let's talk about NWA. NWA now is making their return to pay-per-view, which is their first pay-per-view debut since they have uh, debuted NWA Power as their weekly episodic uh, TV show, or I should say streaming show since it's on Facebook and YouTube. So... This card is already panning out to be an amazing card. As of right now, we have on the card, we have the current NWA World Tag Team Champions, the Rock and Roll Express. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton and Robert Gibson are going to be defending their current tag team titles against the former champions, the Wild Cards, Thomas Latimer and Royce Isaacs. Next, we're going to have a triple threat match for the NWA National Championship. The current champion, Colt Cabana, will be defending against Aaron Stevens and Ricky Starks. If you have not watched NWA Power yet, I highly recommend you go on Facebook, you go on YouTube, Tuesday night, 6.05 p.m., and make sure you check out this, this kid, Ricky Starks. This guy is going to be a future, future star in the world of wrestling. The kid is great on the mic. He is great in the ring. He's the kind of <clears throat> excuse me. He's the kind of guy that does not need to have a title. The title does not make the man in this situation where if he wins a title, he makes the title. Check out Ricky Starks if you haven't yet. So make sure you tune into NWA and check him out. Next we're going to have a couple singles matches. We have a singles match with the question mark taking on Trevor Murdoch. The question mark is probably one of the most over guys right now in NWA. The question is. Who is the question mark? Who is the man under the mask? Very interesting storyline, interesting character. Love to see where this goes and how this match pans out. Next, we're going to have a women's tag team match. We're going to have the current NWA women's champion, Allison Kay, teaming up with Ashley Vox as they take on the returning Molina and a partner of her choice. She's either going to choose between Thunder Rosa or Marty Bell. Next, we have a singles match between Eli Drake and Ken Anderson. Anderson. I know, that's just an homage to his former, uh, his former character as Mr. Kennedy in WWE, but that is Ken Anderson taking on Eli Drake in a singles match. The main event on the card is going to be the current NWA World Heavyweight Champion Nick Aldis defending against the former NWA National Champion James Storm in a best two out of three falls match where Brian Hebner will be the referee for the first fall and then former NWA World Heavyweight Champion Tim Storm will be the special guest referee for the second fall. That's going to add an interesting dynamic to who gets the potential second fall with Tim Storm being in the ring, since Tim Storm definitely has some beef with James Storm, as he also has a history now with Nick Aldis. Nick Aldis is the one who defeated him for the title back in 2017, 
And on the debut episode of NWA Power, Nick Aldis defended again against Tim Storm, where if Tim Storm lost, he could never face for the title ever again. That's going to add an interesting dynamic to this storyline and to this heavyweight championship match at NWA Into the Fire. Last but not least, let's do a very quick prediction show for the upcoming WWE TLC match. So, the card looks pretty good on paper. It looks like it's a pretty short card. They may add some more matches uh, via social media between now and Sunday. But, rise of right now, the card consists of a tables, ladders, and chairs match with Roman Reigns taking on King Corbin. Uh, I think this is going to be the opportunity for this feud to come to an end. Roman Reigns is probably going to end up winning this one. I definitely see some shenanigans in this match, especially with King Corbin and his buddy Dolph Ziggler will probably get involved as well. Um, It'll be a fun match, an entertaining match. I've actually enjoyed the feud. And to all the naysayers out there who didn't like the whole dog food segment, I friggin' loved it. You don't see shit like that, you know, very often in wrestling where they take a prop like dog food and use it in a segment. I think it was done very well. I give mad props to King Corbin for taking this whole King persona and and really putting um, and really doing a lot with his character. And I loved his whole feud he's had right now with Roman Reigns. I absolutely love the dog food thing. I hope dog food comes out in this TLC match as well. So kudos to King Corbin. I've said it in the past. People have slept uh, on the whole on the whole Baron Corbin King Corbin character. So give him a chance. He's going to be our top heel going into 2020. Next, we're going to have a rematch for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. We're going to have the New Day, Kofi Kingston and Big E, defending against The Revival. I would like to see The Revival win. I've been saying it now for a little while. We need to see Kofi Kingston eventually snap and figure out why he is no longer the WWE Champion and how he needs to get back into the title picture because... He should have never lost that title in less than a minute. So I think this is the opportunity for the Revival to win the the SmackDown Tag Titles again. Uh, Kofi Kingston should be the one who gets the pin. And then Kofi Kingston snaps, and we can then write a story with Kofi Kingston heading back into the title picture. What that means for Big E... Hey, put Big E in the title picture too. Put him in the singles uh, in the single scene. Maybe for the mid-card title while Xavier is still out on injury. But... That's where I hope and I, I see this, this feud potentially going. Or at least this storyline with Kofi Kingston going. Next, we're going to have a match between Bray Wyatt taking on The Miz. Yes, Bray Wyatt, not The Fiend. And there is no title on the line. Um, I love how they're doing this whole Jekyll and Hyde thing between Bray Wyatt and The Fiend. I wonder now if this means we're going to see The Fiend at all at TLC. I wonder how... Bray Wyatt's character is going to be in the ring? Is, is, is he going to be Fiend-esque? Are we going to see Bray Wyatt and the Fiend in the ring during the Miz match? It's a lot of unanswered questions. A lot of stuff we have to just actually watch the show and see what the hell happens. But I like how Bray Wyatt just hasn't stopped and he's gone from one person to the next to the next to the next. He's continuing building his wall of all the pictures, and I think The Miz is going to be the next victim to fall to Bray Wyatt. 
Next, we have a match that I think potentially could be the match of the night. We're going to have Aleister Black taking on Buddy Murphy, who is no longer the best-kept secret. Because now everyone knows how good Buddy Murphy is and what he could do in the ring. So this right here could be the potential match of the night. Buddy Murphy, uh, wow, Buddy Murphy finally went to Aleister Black's door. He knock, knock, knocked. Alistair answered, and they're going to be facing each other one-on-one -on -one at TLC. There is no need for a stipulation in this match. Just let these two go. Give these two like 20 minutes and let them show everyone what, what they, they both can do in the ring. Put these two in the mid-card title scene, maybe coming out of TLC. Next, we have a women's tag team championship tables, ladders, and chairs match with the Kabuki Warriors, Asuka and Kairi Sane, defending the titles against the current Raw women's champion Becky Lynch and her tag team partner Charlotte Flair. Very interesting dynamic here. Uh, very interesting storyline how this has all progressed. I like how it all progressed and it led to this tag team match. I think Kabuki Warriors are going to end up retaining the titles, but I do see this going into an Asuka and Becky Lynch singles feud coming out of this. Um, <clears throat> I don't think the women's tag titles need to be defended at whatever the next pay-per-view may be. Maybe put Asuka versus Becky and Kyrie Sane versus Charlotte Flair. Put them both in singles feuds. Really help push Kyrie Sane as an in-ring competitor on the main roster because she hasn't had that opportunity yet to really show what she can do as a single star on the main roster. And of course, everyone at this point wants to see Becky Lynch and Asuka again in the ring one-on-one. -on -one. Next, we have, as I mentioned earlier, a tables match between Rusev and Bobby Lashley. I think this should have been a Lana on a forklift match. Hopefully, any former WCW fans got that joke. Uh, but Rusev taking on Bobby Lashley in a tables match. There's no reason why Rusev should not win this match and just end this storyline and end this feud. I'm okay with Lana still sticking with Bobby Lashley and being Bobby Lashley's valet moving forward for a little while. I'm okay with that, but let's get Rusev into a more in-depth uh, storyline where it has a little more substance and get Rusev back into a title picture moving forward. Because Rusev Day never died. I was worried that it did, but Rusev Day is alive and strong. And next we have the Raw Tag Team Championships. We have the Viking Raiders issuing an open challenge. Um, who, was gonna, who was going to answer the open challenge? I think we could see... There's a lot of tag teams that are not on this card right now. We could see the Street Profits. We could see the OC. We could see potentially, hey, Zack Ryder and Kurt Hawkins. It could be a fatal four-way for all I care. But the Viking Raiders are not losing their titles at TLC. I'm in interested to see, though, who is going to take them up on this offer. Maybe it'll be AOP. Who knows? Because AOP is not involved in anything on this card yet. Now, again, this is the card so far. Today is Friday. Uh, there's definitely a chance for more stuff to happen tonight on SmackDown um, and more matches to be added to the card. Like, we still have guys like Braun Strowman who aren't even on this card. I believe Braun Strowman might be out on injury for right now. Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, uh, Shinsuke Nakamura, the Intercontinental Champion, not on the card. Cesaro. So a lot more matches could be added to this card. Because right now it looks like it could be potentially like a two-hour pay-per-view, which would be nice for a change. But with that being said, fam, that was a lot of wrestling talk I wanted to touch on. Um, please stay tuned to all of our social media because we have some big, interesting changes coming up for all of our loyal listeners as we head into 2020. Uh, myself, Doc, and Smarky have been working 
endlessly and tirelessly week after week after week to bring you guys some of the best and newest quality content as we head into 2020. So be sure to stay tuned to all of our social media at Fourth Wallcast. That's the number four, T-H-W-A-L-L-C-A-S-T. And also a little preview, next week, uh, myself and Smarky are going to bring you uh, episode 55 of the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. And on the 28th, the whole team will be back together once again as we bring you our special 2019 review show, the best of 2019. We're going to talk about wrestling, talk about music, talk about sports, talk about film, talk about TV, talk about everything on the episode in on the, the 28th, which will be episode 56. If this was your first time tuning in, thank you for listening to episode 54 of the 4th Wall WrestleCast and listening to me flap my gums for the last 55 minutes or so. Uh, if you've enjoyed the show and want to show your support, once again, follow us on all social media, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at 4th WallCast. You can follow me on Twitter at JCBones. That's Bones with a Z. You can follow Doc Haas at Dr. Haas. 4WC. You can also follow Smarky at Johnny Smarks a lot. If you've enjoyed the fourth wall experience, be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode and catch us every single Saturday available on all major podcast platforms. That's Apple, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and so much more. If you've enjoyed this experience, be sure to tell all your friends to like, share, subscribe, and help this thing grow and grow and continue to be the biggest draw for the critics, the marks, the casual, and the hardcore. Once again, we are the Fourth Wall WrestleCast. Goodbye and good night.